Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone. Thank you for being again in Soul Talk. My name is Monica Ramirez, the Warrior of Love, and today we have a very special person. Her name is Ria Loveward, and uh, she's a spiritual catalyst, starseed activator, and light language expert and business coach for the Heart Center Entrepreneurs. And right now, our community is growing and growing and growing, and hopefully this goes worldwide, actually, because we can change the world. And Ria, thank you so much for accepting my invitation for Soul Talk. I really, really appreciate your presence here with us. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the invite. I wanted to, to if you can tell us a little bit more about yourself, because I've, I've, I felt a while back that it, it is better to actually ask this question to the people can explain more than even reading the whole biography. That even yours was not so extensive. Sometimes I receive bestsellers for biography. <laughs> it is yours is very profound and deeply. But I prefer you to to say what you do, how you got to this point. Yeah. So what I do and what is my mission here on this planet is uh, activating star seeds and light workers, um, and actually giving them very practical tools for two things. First of all, so that they can impact others, impact this world, build a new humanity together. And number two, so that they can also have a really fulfilled and happy life right here in the third dimension. So basically, I'm using my supernatural abilities, including light languages, being able to activate other people's spiritual gifts just by mere presence or by channeling energy. Uh, to help them express themselves fully and courageously in this planet, in this density. Because what I find is very often many very gifted spiritual people, light workers and star seeds, they don't fit quite in here and they don't feel them, then they don't feel comfortable. They don't know how to translate their abilities and gifts into this dimension into business education into life of fulfillment and there is this big gap then there is this you know 3d skills and 5d skills and people don't know how to merge it all together and i'm a firm believer that we need both in order to build new humanity <laughs> i do agree there's a lot of distortions about uh, I'm more with the Latino Latino community mm -hmm. about how to, uh, to even charge for your service, oh. and I hear that all the time. Being a, me myself uh, from Mexico, mm -hmm. and when I start charging, and the people are like, "Why are you charging? You're a good uh, healer or coach or whatever. You you should not charge. It should be donation." Yeah, and this is the impact of the religious grid. There is a few different grids and very conflicting. So when I say grid, I mean like a energetic body 
of collective consciousness and obviously you coming from mexico which is a catholic country i come from poland which is also a catholic country um and it's not just catholic religion because it is all the religions really had a grip on spirituality and what was happening was obviously uh yes you weren't supposed to charge for your gifts uh however this is just one of many many influences and it it comes from this sometimes there's also things like vows of poverty from past life when we were maybe nuns monks priests and uh, and it also is in probably in buddhist religion and in other religions there's the same notions of anything material is not as ascended as anything spiritual this sacrum and profanum and uh, i feel we're shifting we're shifting into this different age where we can enjoy this planet we can enjoy all the material resources but also we don't have to be attached because what is on the other side of the spectrum it's like the polar opposite of this religious grid is the personal brand influencer and coaching grid which also impact lots of light workers and these grids dictate something totally opposite to the religious grid so whilst the religious grid says don't charge for your gifts because it's in you you can't be spiritual unless you charge money the other ones are, create a high ticket offer charge a lot of money you know like be show off your lifestyle show off how much money you've got and i feel like a lot of light workers are torn apart between these influences and they like where do i stand do i stand here do i stand there do i stand nowhere do i charge how much i charge what do i do so yeah i help with all of that but going even with the catholicism yes they may say don't charge and things like that those are the but those are the ones they charge more one of the more richest churches in the world is actually the Catholics. Yeah, the Vatican <laughs> very well on the donations, right? They, they did very well. On the exactly. And if our customs come from there, uh, it is really putting us down because we're not observing the greatest picture, what they are really living. It's one of the biggest ones, even if they hide what they have. And the same applies also. There's a lot of distortions in that because yes, you're, I agree with you. There, you have the other coaches or healers. They're charging a lot of money for any of their workshops, uh, twenty thousand, thirty thousand, etc., for two months or something like that, or a thousand dollars for or for one therapy session. Yeah, that happens as well, and I think that puts a lot of pressure on many light workers, starseeds, people who spiritual practitioners, where they just confused, where do I stand? And my idea is that when it comes to our prices, how, what do we charge? If we look at other people, we really, really put ourselves in a, in a precarious position because we either take the limitations on if people don't quite believe their worth, if they charge very little, then we take the limits on when we copying their prices. But then the other side of the spectrum is that we can take the grandiose ideas. It's like, I'm not going to come out of bed and I'm not going to grace you with my presence unless you pay me $10,000. And I feel like our soul needs, it knows exactly what we're supposed to charge. 
And same with different offers, products, services we create, they all have some kind of energy signature and some kind of value. And that value is also in the quantum field. And I channel all my prices with my higher self. I just kind of feel into what should it be? And I don't look at, you know, sometimes will give me something that I'm maybe a little bit uncomfortable and stretchy. Maybe it's more than I normally would charge. And sometimes it goes the other way around when, when it's urging me to do something very cheap or even give it for free. So I haven't got any preconceived ideas. I really trust and I encourage everybody to do that. It's just like, don't look at what others are charging. Look at what your soul wants to charge. And also it has to go with the compassion because that put us to the point that we can lose our compassion for each other, our empathy for others. Because let's say we're charging, it's an example guys, mm -hmm. uh, uh, $500 for a session. Yeah. And uh, and someone cannot afford it and he really needs you. In that moment they're depressed or they cannot get up from bed and obviously they cannot go and look for a job etc etc and, and you're charging them five hundred dollars so they can get up from bed and actually look apply for a job and pick pick up her life in pieces it's like how we're asking that much for that person and it's yeah. where, is the, where is the compassion it is coming from one of our qualifications for that is being empaths mm -hmm. we can feel exactly where that person is at so yeah. I'm not saying to give it for free, but it should not apply for everybody that price. I think there's a lot of uh, ways we can resolve it. And there is definitely a lot of arguments on both sides. And I think that compassion is one thing. And on, on, this is a super important point that you're bringing about that. Yes, you have to be compassionate. But at the same time, there's also that needs to be balanced with this holding our clients and potential clients to the highest timeline possible and believing that they are worthy and they can afford because one of the most limiting, most limiting, most damaging um, affirmations or rather negative affirmations that people repeat to themselves is I cannot afford. And I've heard that many times. I can't afford. I try to avoid saying that as much as possible. So there's many solutions. There are some businesses that have a sliding scale. There are some businesses that maybe offer a lot of free resources. I don't have a sliding scale for, for my, my services, but I love offering a lot of free resources and putting them out there. You can have a scholarship. Actually, just before uh, this morning, I was uh, I was writing an application question because I'm I'm just about to teach an energetics of business program. That program has been a year in the making. It's my baby. I'm, I'm want to put the offer out to the world. But before I even open the enrollment for people to pay, I want to first address um, people who maybe want the scholarship. And I'm actually gonna put it out there. Um, I've got a list of questions. I'm gonna feel energetically. It's not gonna be just means tested. It's gonna be tested on many different ways because there is also something that we forget about. When you say about compassion, is one thing about not, you know, not reinforcing that victimhood mentality, but also there is a lot of inequality, systemic inequality in the world. 
We're not going to deny that uh, there are people that love to go to freebies and freebies and freebies and freebies because they don't want, they don't think they deserve it. Yes. Or two, they like freebies. <laughs> they, yes. they don't like to spend in themselves or invest in themselves. So they're never going to get out from that cycle mentality until they observe it and they can change it. So, yeah. and it's not about valuing too much of ourselves. One thing is that we can do scholarships once in a while. But that doesn't mean that we're going to give a scholarship for a six months program or something like that. That is abusing ourselves and not having compassion for us, too. <laughs> I, I will actually do it. I must say that I am going to give a scholarship for a six months program. I feel it, it was a guidance from my higher self. I'm going to give one full scholarship and uh, a couple of partial scholarships. And you know why? One of the reasons is that, yes, I do believe in people's self-empowerment, but I also know that there is still a systemic inequality and oppression because I, I come from Eastern Europe and for many, many years when we were still under communism, whenever we were going to a Western country, I was comparing and counting and I could, you know, like things that were normal for when my family went, I don't know, on a trip to Italy and we were lucky enough to afford trips like that was like, I was looking at people being able to buy a pizza and go to a restaurant and I was calculating and I was like, wow, if I go back to Poland, that will be my weekly shop for that one pizza that, and there are still places like that. And I sometimes receive emails from people from, you know, places where the currency is very weak. So I want to give that avenue, but I will also very, very carefully, energetically consider who I'm giving it to. I'm just like, gonna do this experiment. I've had this soul call. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it. And this is just one of the ways where we, how we can become more inclusive. It's not an obligation. It's not an idea for everybody. But I feel like with this charging, not charging, giving stuff for free, charging a premium, it's always a very individual journey. And also it's very, very important for us not to judge anybody else. Just the fact that someone is charging $20,000 for a program, that is the value that they price on the time and energy. Who's to say? Because maybe that $20,000 program will give someone a transformation that is completely priceless. I don't know, shift some generational trauma and, and make them tons more money, fun, happiness, bring the soulmate into the life, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what program we're talking about. Just plucking it out. At the same time, it is about stretching ourselves for whatever we are. Yeah. Getting out of our comfortable zone. And that that's what I have seen the change. Many times it doesn't have to do about money. It has to do with your time. It has yeah. to do with something that you have to do for your own self when you stretch yourself. Or your beliefs or whatever limitation you are at that's when we can create a change so you made a very important point about saying that someone has to feel like they deserve it first mm -hmm. like you know they are worthy and deserving mm -hmm. of not just a free stuff that are worthy and deserving of whatever their soul needs for growth and that that, that is on the opposite spectrum of that, I can't afford affirmation, which we very often say to ourselves. I mean, I stopped saying that many years ago, but I actually say some something else is that my soul will lead me and provide resources to whatever I need for my growth and evolution and expansion, be it in personal life and spiritual life or in business. If something is meant to be, mm -hmm. 
it, it will happen and it happened many times um you know so i encourage any listener and anybody watching to um to to try that it's like i believe that my soul will provide me with all the resources and i'm also willing to put my energy behind it so if i really want something i get it <laughs> yes because it is, it is so true that it is ingrained in all the human beings that we're not worthy or we don't deserve good things or mm -hmm. it, you're always asking too much. And uh, and I believe that has to do with the part of the programmations that we're talking about, about religions, mm -hmm. about the worthiness. How do you dare talk to directly to source mm -hmm. or God or whatever name or universe, whatever name you want to put it when it has to go to the priest or the minister that they've been doing this for years and they study this and whatever. Yeah. When like sources ask for degrees <laughs> or, or things like that. But that comes with our worthiness. How much we deserve to we deserve to be living a, actually the life that we actually really want. Yeah. Or or we just accept the little breadcrumbs that it comes in our way. That's a very good point. Yeah, I, I feel like that deservedness definitely is, is connected. I was actually reflecting on it this morning because um, uh, over uh, the last weekend, I had a very strong connection with the Divine Mother, with Gaia and the Divine Feminine Energy. And I felt this beautiful, overwhelming sense of unconditional love and acceptance and acceptance with all of my flaws and the, the vision, the picture I've been shown was that one of you know when nature there's a lot of decay in the jungle or in the ground in the soil things are dying things are rotting but that becomes a feed for beautiful new things to grow mm -hmm. and that's the way of the divine mother she the feminine divine force and that holds us all and has that unconditional love and understanding that even things that are not so perfect, our past mistakes, our um, things that we maybe were ashamed of, maybe parts of ourselves that are so unloved, everything is embraced by the Divine Mother because that's the mother's unconditional love. Yet what most of the patriarchal religions mm -hmm. uh, of the Abrahamic religions have taught us is that God is the Divine Father and Father's love well, kind of on the surface is unconditional, but no, it's not quite because there's commandments and requirements. And of course, that makes us better people. We keep trying, etc. But um, also it can breed that sense of undeservedness. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough because I'm not measuring up. I'm not quite perfect. I think that that feminine energy and that divine mother's energy is a beautiful remedy for this conditional love. So uh, that's just something that I wanted to share. There is a lot of programming about about the energy of the father and the energy of the mother, what you should feel or or be, and that's mm -hmm. that's where it comes. A lot of the distortions, where the mother, yes, it can be forgiving, but how much we're gonna kick the mothers until the mother react. Or the father is always judgmental and telling you what to do, and is not forgiving and, and so forth. He's gonna judge you, mm -hmm. and uh, and that's why people is like, oh, I'm, I don't wanna go to hell or to heaven. I wanna go to heaven and things like that. But those are programs and distortions of the reality that they they are. Father can be always forgiving, and the ones we judge ourselves, it's ourselves. 
He is not judging us. And that's where it comes a lot of distortions and what we believe, what we deserve. Mm -hmm. And that's where we, that's where is the problem of the majority of the human beings that they don't feel they deserve enough. How do you work with, with amazing beings about that part that I, I've been working with my, myself, with myself and with my clients about because they're great. Like, once you encounter one level, there's another level, and there's always another level. How do you work with those levels in believing that you deserve, that you're whole, that you're complete? I feel like you say it's it comes in layers, and and it, it is all about, like you said, programming and different programs. And I feel like... Um, this is where our work, the energy work comes to play because positive mentality and telling people, yes, you can, you're great and have a good mindset. That just doesn't cut it. That doesn't cut through all these deep layers of programming. My personal method is always go to the very root of where that came from how did that program originate? And we have mentioned many collective programs stemming from religious, cultural, um, and other influences. But what in my uh, experience brings massive shifts is when we start working with our ancestral patterns, because that's kind of really close to us. So there will be certain limitations of undeservedness, scarcity, sometimes heartbreak, very very specific blocks very specific um limitations uh, that stem from certain energetically charged events that happen maybe two three generations or maybe one generation be before and of course there's also things from our own life from this lifetime from our formative years not even always childhood sometimes it's things that happen to us as adults as you know maybe in our relationship maybe in our work or career so there are many layers but one of the things that um is very often ignored is the ancestral patterns and uh, i find that a lot of modern um psychology and therapy helps to the layer of the childhood and our life but ignores very often those who came before us and who do have impact on us. Because whenever I work with clients, I see, or rather I hear, because I'm more like um, audio. So I, I hear in words when they talk about certain things, the energetic patterns pop up and I can, I can hear those limitations and they very, very often stem from the ancestry. And of course, there's also stuff that comes from past lives. Uh, but I feel like learning how to see repeating patterns and how to release and heal, not break, release and heal those patterns from our family line is a skill that anybody can master because to be able to see your past lives, it requires certain level of consciousness skills and and training and yes it's accessible to everyone but it's not that simple but anybody can start understanding their family history anybody can start analyzing with their conscious mind and working with their ancestors and seeing okay let's say there is a pattern that uh 
three generations of men in my family die prematurely. Uh, why is that happened? Or there is a, a pattern that all the women feel underappreciated, whatever it is, you need to be very specific, okay, what it is. And then have a look, did, did that start with me? Did it actually, have I always been like that? Because if I have always been like that, then it's probably something that goes a bit deeper. So let me just have a look. Okay, was my mom like that? Was my dad like that? Maybe there was something in my grandparents' life that actually originated it. And that is one of the most powerful and simple and accessible tools um, that we have in our arsenal as light workers. And I, I love working with ancestral light. And not only that, even if you're a, a coach, a healer or something like that, we always have blind spots. We're always going to find blind spots in us that we we are not observing because we're observing the whole picture in another side, but we're not seeing what is behind us, mm -hmm. that it is influencing us. So we always need people that is going to help us to see our blind spots. Even if you're working with yourself constantly, we always have those blind spots. Yeah, it's, it's always good to bounce ideas, whether it's with a professional that you pay or whether it's with a good friend who's maybe on the same uh, growth and development trajectory or maybe your spouse or partner uh for me you know i i actually uh have one good friend that we we whenever we come to this kind of like a point of where's that coming from we just start talking and then the energetic patterns sometimes are revealed in conversations like you say because sometimes when we just do an introspection we, yeah. We're swimming in our own source, but once, and I think that our energy fields very often speak when there is an exchange of energy, when maybe something that's been kept under cloche, has been kept, is actually expressed, and then it gets a chance to be noticed, and rectified, changed, transcended. The thing is, we even if we're constantly working with ourselves, sometimes we're going to encounter something that it is, why do I attract this situation or, or person or whatever it is? And we forget to ask ourselves more often that question because everything that we experience is for a reason that is come to teach us something. And it might be nice, or it might not be nice. <laughs> so, but if we don't ask those important questions, that's where we can bounce ourselves, those ideas, or knowing where is our blind spots are. Yeah, introspection, I think, is one of the most underestimated, but one of the most mm -hmm. uh, powerful uh, techniques uh, in the spiritual developments. Actually, sit down and look, uh, look deeper and ask yourself why maybe three times, not just once and go deeper and deeper and deeper. Journal, journal is very good. If you haven't got anybody, you can verbally bounce your ideas off to see those blind spots. A journal pen and paper can act like a mirror because did I just say that? Did I just write that? <laughs> you see it black and white. And you can focus your thought when you're writing because when you're thinking it's like okay why this happened and then oh I haven't cooked or I, I haven't done this piece of content or I haven't done this or I haven't done that and your idea what you were asking for is gone <laughs> in the all the busyness that we create in our lives. But when you're journaling, you can focus your thought in what you are writing. Yeah. 
instead of going into all the things that you have to do later on or you have not done yet or whatever it is yeah and not just that but you know for example meditating so many people say oh i can't meditate i don't know how to meditate i fall asleep on meditating and there's always lots of excuses when people can find that you know i'm not meditating good enough i can't meditate i mean this is all excuses i believe anybody can meditate but it is not something we naturally do meditation but whereas writing and this is simple anybody can do it like any kind of person can just put pen to paper it's something we learn when we like you know six seven years old so anybody can do it so if you at a point it's like oh, i'm you know trying to go deeper inside in a meditation if you're struggling with it uh and just keep bashing yourself because you know that meditation doesn't get you where you want to go try writing try just spending 10 minutes yes in silence maybe even put some quiet music just write things down pour it out express it and maybe yeah. that will be the breakthrough you're looking for i i was hearing you early today that you did a real July language yeah. And that was beautiful. And uh, but I noticed in there I, uh, that you were having different languages. I felt some Lemurians in there. I felt some Syrians, some Pleiades. They were from different uh, different races. Mm -hmm. The the different uh, light language. With who you connect more, or what is your main guides? Okay, so my guides are like. You know, I know you're from Mexico, so you relate to it. It's like having a really big family <laughs> with many aunties and uncles and and everybody wants to invite you for Sunday lunch. Yes. <laughs> there is never enough time to do it justice. So this is a little bit like that. I've got about 12 different galactic races that I have access to, including Atlant, I mean, Atlanteans and Lemurians are terrestrial in the Earth civilization. So these two, when it comes to galactics, there's Arcturians, Lyran avians and felines, Syrians, Pleiadians, Orions, dragons, Andromedans, uh, and a couple of others. However, I do have my favorites, the ones that I feel the most affinity with. So I've got access to all of these frequencies and they're all very distinct. So I use them for different reasons. I take them whenever I need them and apply them to what is actually needed. But it's also in my own personal development, it, I go through stages. So when I first awakened, my most recent galactic lifetime was as an Arcturian. So Arcturians were who came to me first and they were first my guides. Uh, later on, they taught me and my husband all the basics and they said look guys if you want to be more rounded you go and meet other races like go meet your extended family we don't you we're not the only ones here go meet the syrians go meet the pleiadians and every time we went and meet others new light language activated in me mm -hmm. and that's how i've got so many that's how i know what I'm channeling, uh, but I do have my favorites and I very often work with both Lyran races, so felines and avians. Lyran avians are not as famous as Lyran felines, but it's a very subtle, very beautiful frequency, frequency of freedom. So I work with both 
both of Lyran races. Um, obviously, I work a lot with Arcturians because that's like my bread and butter as my soul family I always have that connection. Uh, and then there are some others that perhaps I'm not as close with. Like, for example, I love Andromedans, but I haven't got that affinity. Same with Orions. I haven't got that affinity where Syrians are like really close to me. So most often I work with Lyran, Syrian, and Arcturian energy. I often work, work, work with Pleiadians as well, but it's just a matter of what is needed, you know, because certain frequencies have certain characteristics. And for example, dragon frequency is super powerful, but sometimes it could be a bit intimidating or a little bit too aggressive. And someone may need quite the opposite, which is like the Lemurian frequency, which is really calm and really kind of uh, comforting and yeah. <laughs> Yes, I, I do agree with that. Uh, I, I do like language and yes, I, I can feel it in, even with me. And, uh, but I, as at the same time as a channeler or light language uh, speaker in a way, or channeler, let's put it like that, it sounds better than the speaker. Um, it is what the people are needing in that moment. And, but something that I always encounter this question is, what are you talking about? I do not understand that because people forgot. They put everything in the head and not by their emotions. So when they're hearing the light language, they wanted to understand the words like human language. And it doesn't work like that. Can you explain it a little bit for, for the viewers? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, I put it out there. You can understand light language, but not in the same way at least not at this stage of our spiritual development as a human language. So first of all, when people ask me, actually someone asked me this morning, how did understanding come to me? Did it kind of, was I activated in understanding? And no, I wasn't. It actually came with me putting myself out there and serving with that language. So when I was, just on my own. And I, I had my first light language activated over 15 years ago. So that was a long time ago and there was no resources. Nobody was teaching that and I didn't know what to do with it. So I was just using to pray, to maybe raise my vibration when I was feeling nervous, but I didn't know what to do with it. Um, and nobody told me that I can actually understand. So when I was just speaking about it, speaking um, the language, I don't know, I was walking or doing some housework or in the shower or hoovering, nothing was coming through because I wasn't engaging with it. And this, re this language didn't have a reason to flow, that didn't have an intention. But what I've noticed is as soon as I started serving by using this language, understanding became clearer and clearer and louder and louder because it was it had a purpose. The language had a purpose. It was there to activate, to help, to soothe, to heal, whatever. And now that's, that's one thing. So I, from my experience, understanding comes more and more when you are actually using this language, not just for your own benefit, but also for the benefit of your community, your clients, etc. So that's one thing. But then with that being said, understanding comes like you say it doesn't come just from the head it comes from all of you you understand it with 
all of your senses and you understand it multidimensionally. So you understand it through your heart, you understand it through your body. You can maybe get even imagery if you're visual. And also very often, there is many layers to one transmission. So what one person receives is not exactly what another person receives. It's like multidimensional. However, however, that being said, I do believe that we will be moving to the age of more precision, where we can understand more word for word. And I've already seen glimpses of it. I activate other people in speaking light languages and I help them do it with more precision with more understanding and I hold practice session like for understanding light languages for my students and many many times during our groups like practice groups uh, I would be channeling something and they will be interpreting and they will be giving me answers and so many times very precise answers came on the chat which went well beyond something like we come in love and light and greetings or something like that no they were like precise images of someone climbing a tree that was once i channeled andromedan and and there was a story uh, i remember channeling atlantean and lemurian it was a story of the civilization's rise and fall and my students translated it perfectly well they knew exactly what i'm talking about beyond just the general stuff i remember once channeling lemurian they were showing me um actually surfing surfboard they were showing me the waves and surfing and my 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 students deciphered it and they said okay you're talking about a surfboard now and it's like yes that's exactly what i'm talking about i'm talking about a surfboard so i feel like we do have a potential to understand light language with more and more detail and precision and i feel like we're growing as a collective because years ago it was just this mystical tool maybe something to sprinkle into the guided meditation but the more it becomes normal and accepted and the more we get from it i feel where do you think the human race is going to be i feel that it's a big movement right now happening with the veils thinning more and more and more and uh and the frequencies that are coming right now from the sun and so forth the codes and the light codes are coming that I, I feel that there is going to be a big change in 10 years. Where do you see us in 10 years as human race, as a collective, as human race? We are definitely moving to the age of spirituality. Uh, and there is many different reasons for it. So like you said, the veil is getting thinner. Children are born with multidimensional memories. There is so many instances now of, let's say, children speaking light languages and parents accepting it. I mean, there were children speaking light languages 10 years ago and 20 years ago, but then the parents would tell them, oh, you're just talking gibberish, don't be stupid. And I, I've, I've got lots of you know clients and students like that who re-remember it. But today, there are so many instances when I hear about parents talking about the children or grandparents talking about their grandchildren who say, I remember electing our family from a spacecraft. I remember, you know, I saw you, mommy or granny or whatever. So these kind of things are happening when it comes to um, the, the, like the, the, the veil getting thinner. And I feel like the new generation, the younger and younger people are waking up earlier and earlier and they're becoming more and more talented. And this is the thing. There were so many, you know, People who have been spiritually awakened back in the 70s and 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. And it took them sometimes years 
or even decades to attain the same level of knowledge and understanding that now teenagers and youngsters are born with. And I think we need to understand both groups roles that you know the early indigos and they had it hard but they paved the way without their contribution back 20 30 years ago we wouldn't be where we are today and we won't be where we would be in 10 years time so how i see it is i see a great acceleration with greater quantum access with greater access to different abilities that we considered supernatural there is also another reason for it which is um i am a student and follower of chinese metaphysics and astrology so i'm not a very uh, i don't understand much about western astrology because i've always focused on the eastern astrology but we are moving in 2024 and uh, in fact we started around the solstice in 2020 there was that great conjunction of jupiter and saturn and we started there was a massive shift i remember that very clearly and there was a massive massive shift when new energy new plasma new frequency started coming in and we're moving to what chinese astrologers uh, have labeled as period nine they've divided like time into the cyclical periods and last 20 years period eight which was like age of technology and stuff like that now we're moving to period nine which will be the next 20 years will be very much focus on the immaterial focus on the ethereal focus on the energy um and this is great news for all of our light workers because there will be mass and mass awakening and the kind of services the kind of um businesses that we have are actually businesses of the future of the next 20 years and i know we sometimes don't think about our practice in terms of business but what we do what we bring to the world will be extremely sought after and valued it won't be woo anymore it won't be weird anymore this is what people will be looking for so you know it will be just as common and it maybe already starts becoming like that where you know 10 years ago it was it was you could go to maybe a psychologist or a therapist but it would be maybe a bit awkward to say i'm going to see a shaman whereas now it's going to be normal to say i'm going to see a shaman or i'm doing some plant medicine or i'm taking mushrooms this will definitely be evolving towards this um this, this kind of age of embracing spirituality but at the same time i do also see a great divide it's almost like this bridge yes we, we want to head into unity consciousness but not everybody will get there in this current incarnation so i see parallel societies i see people who are becoming open and are ascending in a way where they are embracing the spirituality, they're embracing the energy, they starting to treat the metaphysical with the same respect as the physical. But there will be people who will be left behind, who will never buy into it, who will just die hard in their kind of beliefs. And I think eventually we all make it there. But there will be a generation that will reject it. But you know, the earth keeps on spinning, there will be new children born people pass away and eventually I think we'll grasp with this humanity. That's that's my take on it. How I explain this part is like, do you remember the 1900s when the women could not vote or own land or have credit cards or whatever, all these things. And now it's 
the norm mm -hmm. and we mm -hmm. see even down below the countries that the women do not have any rights mm -hmm. or they cannot vote or go to school or things like that and uh, because that's not normal for us anymore well that is what is gonna i feel what is gonna happen for the people that do not believe in all this kind of stuff and the and the metaphysics uh, that is actually as real as the as as uh, the 3d we see it I wanted to prove everything that is going to be a lot of things are going to be proven mm -hmm. yes. the science is is only slowly catching up yes what we kind of we intuitively know it but maybe we can't explain it in a mm -hmm. rational way yet but i think scientists will start explaining it like you say in a more rational accepted way I, I noticed that you're going to be having a very class uh, class very soon. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your class? Ah, yes, I will be doing a class on energetics of business. So uh, next uh, few months, I'll be I'll be really, really uh, concentrating on the energetics of business because I've been shown last year to my great surprise that what I'm doing for Starseeds as an activator, what I'm doing with light languages will be only 20% of what I'm actually here to do. And that shocked me because I'm like, what? I That's my, like, I love doing it. It's, this is, and I've, I've got like a membership program where every week we're doing spiritual development classes and I love all of that. But I've been shown that actually I need to move to a different state of my mission. So not just waking people up, so they realize their multidimensionality, so then maybe their memories start coming back. But actually, I'm going to come to a point of equipping them so they can actually translate all of that into, well, a lifestyle business, into something that will sustain them. Because I see this massive disconnect now where there's so many gifted people who whose souls are slowly dying when they're out of alignment. They're either running businesses that are out of alignment or they are in jobs that are literally crushing them inside because it's not what their passion is mm -hmm. but yet they don't have courage to step up and do what they actually truly want to do and this is where i'm concentrating on my effort on i'm gonna have a free class on the first of april and there will be other free classes that will hold throughout april and i'll be launching this big six months course called radiance which will be all about how to do an online business uh, because online i think is where we're heading anyway we've been here um and even if you've got an offline business then you still need to market yourself online uh so i'll be teaching both the energetics and the mechanics because i feel like there is there is something missing very often where people are being taught all the energy but no strategy or they're being taught all the 3d strategy but no energy I, f I believe in a new paradigm. So this is what I'll be, um, I'll be kind of uh, teaching over the upcoming months where I'll be concentrating my effort on teaching people, how do you apply the energy work? How do you apply the energetic principles into business? Because I am a, a firm believer that entrepreneurs who are brave souls are going to have a massive impact on this planet because sometimes they are the innovators they're people who provide solutions whether it's you know in uh, just consciousness and education or whether it's in more 
physical kind of businesses and I want to put my energy where my kind of belief is and, I, and I'll be concentrating on doing that for the next few months. So uh, hopefully this podcast comes out for then so like that uh, more people find out about it because I, I do agree with you. There is a lot of disconnection in between this. You have the magic and it feels great, it feels amazing, but now how you can create a reality that it comes out with your own magic. Yes, you nailed it. That's exactly it. It's that, like, how do we make this magic into our everyday? Because everyday can be magical. It doesn't have to be like spirituality is something kept under the closet. Quiet, quiet. Don't tell anybody I'm a stasi. Don't speak light language out loud because it's weird. <laughs> we have a lot of that where, and I, and I, and I understand it because it has been not accepted for years people have been even persecuted in past lives for expressing yeah, we, we got burned by that one remember <laughs> so, exactly exactly ria would you like to say something else before we we fin uh, we close down the the interview yes i would like to encourage everybody to connect to the heart uh just this is just a message that is coming through and it's kind of connected to what we spoke about. And if there is this fire, this little, little spark there that is getting bigger and bigger and it cannot be contained anymore, follow that spark. Because if you've been keeping it under the cloche for way too long, and that spark is the spark of your passion, of joy, of how you want to express yourself in the world, now this spark can really warm up the world. We're coming into the age of precision into the age of spirituality don't miss the time because your contribution is really needed we are still ahead of the global awakening curve but it's coming to the point where we will have so much work and there will be not enough hands to work through all the trauma pain to help people navigate that transition to the new earth so keep that spark alive that's my message to you Thank you so much. That is beautiful. Because that is so true. Thank you for being for accepting the invitation for Soul Talk. Thank you for for being here, and thank you for all the listeners for being uh, for being here. And if this video actually help you. This interview actually help you. Click your uh, your likes and, and your review and share with someone else, because this might help someone else too. Thank you so much for everybody for being here in Soul Talk. My name is Monica Ramirez, the Warrior of Love. <laughs>